When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Listen, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm getting sick of the Dallas Cowboys, thanks to them. I don't see Falcons fans tweeting, why don't you talk about our team? I don't see San Jose Sharks fans writing ESPN, how come you don't talk about our team? Okay, I can't. I just need to and block out the noise. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. It is the RP Show. It's hour two. We're coming at you live YouTube today on the streams. No Game Plus TV and the radio WQEE changing things up a little bit. Pausing the discussion. The World Junior Hockey Tournament, the world's largest hockey tournament, is in the Maritimes beginning Boxing Day. And we're doing a special preview of it. And that's what we're going to talk about in this segment. Here in Hour 2 as we lift the lid with our good friend Sam Cosentino from Rogers Sportsnet. He and I, let's say it, Sammy, because it was so great. Along with Andrew Walker, we're part of the broadcast crew in 2012 on 27 radio stations across the country. Sportsnet Radio, a very special year. And Sammy, before we talk about this year, uh, first of all, Merry Christmas, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Roddy. Great to see you. Happy holidays to you. And uh, from what I understand, maybe a... A happy 29th birthday. You're looking great, pal. <laughs> yeah, well, you're only as old as you feel. And that's why I'm in Florida. Old and worn out, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, um, we'll talk about the 2012 tournament in a moment. It was a special tournament. And you see a lot of guys still in the NHL from that. Huberto, Boone Jenner. Well, there's a ton. But that's, that's a topic for another time. This year's World Junior Team, which was announced on Monday the 12th, December 12th. How did you feel? Any surprises for you when it came out? I, the one surprise I had was was maybe Owen Beck out of Mississauga. He was the first pick in the second round uh, to Montreal. And by all accounts, you know, he, he made a push for a spot on the Montreal roster. It didn't come to fruition for him, but the Montreal Canadiens were, were more than happy with what they got. They knew they were getting a good player, but maybe not someone uh, quite as detailed as, as Owen is. Um, you know, Caden Bankier's a, a kid who plays uh, with uh, Logan Stankoven out in, in Kamloops. And so there's a, probably a pretty good connection there between those two guys. You have a Western Hockey League head coach in, in Dennis Williams. And then you have a management group from Ontario that kind of moves things around here uh, a, a little bit. But it gives you a bunch of different looks. Um, but just, you know, Owen in the faceoff circle as uh, a right shot guy, good details in his game. I think he can be an effective guy who would play lower in your lineup should he be required to do so. Uh, would have been a great fit, but you know who am I to argue? This is a, the pretty much the same management group that uh, put together that great team in the summer, and and uh, by all accounts uh, had their fingers into the pie when the Canadian team won in 2021 in August at the under 18s. We're seeing some of those players uh, on this team as well. So um, you know you can't argue, I guess, until it's over. Uh, but that's probably the only the only surprise there for me would be Owen Beck uh, of Mississauga. Well, um, I'll say it again, as I have for a few times on this show, this uh, World Junior Special, are the highest ratings we've ever had. Podcast downloads were in Alberta last summer at the World Junior Tournament. I mean, I knew Canada, Canadians and hockey fans love the World Juniors. I didn't realize that much. So that's why uh, we're doing this today with you and our special guest talking about it. And, and now I bring, I bring this up. You've known Shane Wright a really long time. 
um, now of the Seattle Kraken, but loaned to Team Canada for these World Juniors. He didn't play in the summertime. We knew he slipped from the first projection down to fourth. Didn't go to the Habs, went to the Kraken. Um, you've seen him come up through junior. The, the, the sense, here's mine, that he's got a chip on his shoulder, maybe a bit of a cocky kid. I don't know. You know him. What's the misconception on Shane Wright of this Canadian squad? Well, to be honest with you, like he's he's a wonderful young man, and he just kind of wants to go about his business of of playing hockey. And he was able to do that going back to when I was watching him in minor hockey at fourteen years old with the with the Don Mills Flyers, and a guy who was a really exceptional player at that age, exceptional coming into the Ontario Hockey League. COVID hits, he doesn't go anywhere. He gets criticized by a number of NHL teams for not trying to pursue playing while the the shutdown in Ontario was happening. And that really kind of set the course sideways for him a little bit. And people really, for the first time in his life, started to challenge him. Hey, we see your work rate isn't always what it should be in Ontario Hockey League games. Why didn't you pursue going to play at least somewhere when Ontario was shut down? What do you have to say about um, certain teammates and situations and coaches that you've played for, so on and so forth? And so a lot of that stuff that he was challenged on had never happened for Shane before because everything came so easily and so naturally to him. And I think it made him feel uncomfortable. I think it elicited some answers that NHL teams didn't like in the interview process. And clearly the Montreal Canadiens felt that they um, had a, a better sense of what Uri Slavkovsky was going to bring to the table. The next two teams, I didn't think we're looking to address the center ice position with someone of Shane's ilk. And, and all of a sudden he falls to number four. But he's a wonderful young man. I don't think he's handled the adversity as well as he would have liked. But then again, he hasn't had a ton of it to get the experience in handling adversity. So when I look at Shane, I look at a situation where he's going to be really comfortable. You know, Brandon Othman's an old teammate of his going back to their uh, minor hockey days. They played in the line at the under-18s together. They had a ton of success. I would expect them to be reunited here and put Shane in a really comfortable position. He is going to feel the heat, but he's feeling the heat in a peer group as opposed to, wow, you should have gone here in the draft or you should be in the NHL and, and all these other sorts of things that make him a guy that should fit into an older group. He's not quite ready for that yet. So I think this is going to be a huge experience for him to get back to his peer group, to understand the pressure of what it's like to succeed in the peer group. And I think he's going to have success there. Ginormous discussion over Connor Bedard being benched at last year's World Juniors on this World Junior special and also on this show today. And Serena Taylor, our hockey analyst, has pointed it out. She's not the only one. A lot of people don't want to hear it. That was not his draft year. This is, Sam. What's the pressure on Connor Bedard going into this tournament? Well, it's huge. I mean, you know, you see a four goal game from a guy, and that hasn't really happened very much at all. Uh, you're looking at a guy who was on pace to break some records, the long-standing Canadian records, and then the, you know, the tournament gets shut down, and then he goes and, um, you know, is a guy who, when he was selected first overall as the WHL's first exceptional player, has always had these expectations. For whatever reason, he's been able to handle those things. I think, you know, playing for John Paddock and Regina, he's had to clean up some of the details in his game, and he may not be perfect away from the puck or on the D side. But he does one thing that's extremely hard to do in hockey at any level, and that's the ability to score goals. The way it comes off his stick, the deception off the blade, his curl and drag and being able to find little lanes between defensemen's legs or using their um, you know, players in front as a screen, it's, it's, it's an innate ability that not a lot of people possess. And so I think Connor's uh, these boys to do big things. I mean, listen, Rod, in the WHL, he's got a 17-point lead. Um, in in the scoring race, and and I think about uh, five other 2023 draft eligibles, another and Tanner Howe as teammate who's a 2024 draft eligibles, all sitting inside the top ten of Western Hockey League scoring. That's really unheard of. And Connor Bedard is the leader of the pack, and by a long way. So I think that speaks volumes as to to where Connor is with his game. And again, another guy who I think is going to have a have a ton of success here. And uh, who knows? Maybe he ends up playing with, with Shane, moves, uh, gets bumped over to the wing, plays with Shane, plays with Brennan Offman, and, and, and that line finds success as they did at the under-18s. Hey, you're the prospect guy. Uh, how much is it affecting Matt Vemishko that this is the second year that Russia will not be in the World Juniors? What's it doing to his draft stock? 
Well, I think the tournament in general suffers because of it. Um, from a pure hockey perspective, I, I'm not going to get into the geopolitical thing. I think everyone knows where people stand on, on the geopolitical issues. From a pure hockey perspective, in any tournament you get to, to that decides a world championship, you want to play best on best. We hear this argument from National Hockey Leaguers all the time. They want a best on best scenario. And quite frankly, you don't achieve that without the Russians there. The Russians are always in the mix for a medal. They're always in contention for a gold medal. Um, they're uber talented. Um, you know, they do things a little bit differently than the way things are done in North America. So that twist to the tournament sometimes adds some some entertainment. And you and I saw it back in, in 2012. Um, but it's but it takes away from the tournament best on best. For Matt Vay in particular, there's gonna be enough eyes, NHL eyes on him over there. There's gonna be enough you're gonna be able to do through video scouting, and there's going to be enough international currency before the geopolitical issue started for him to be considered a top five hockey player in this draft class. Now, geopolitical thing, the lengthy contract that still exists with his SKA team uh, in Russia, um, and then does the player want to come over? Is he afraid to come over? Is um, What team that's going to be picking in the top five is going to be able to take that sort of risk? So aside from a pure hockey playing perspective, he deserves to be in the conversation of Fantilli and Leo Carlson and, and Connor Bedard. From where he ends up going on draft day is, is going to be a real crapshoot. But it definitely hurts him not being at this tournament to be able to strut his stuff against what I expect will be a number of draft eligibles in this event. we got about five, six minutes left. Those are the key issues I wanted to ask you. I mean, what are yours? Who, who are the leaders coming up? Lou says... Latvia's got 14 to 15 players returning, and they had a great showing last year. What do you expect from them? And USA got bounced by Cheshire on the quarterfinal day. They got to be ticked off. Who do you think is going to be left standing in the end of this thing? The U.S. is really, really good. And in fact, they're going to probably end up looking a little bit younger than what we've seen. And I think about last year's draft with the Gauthier, Snuggerud, Cooley. Those guys played in a line together at the under-18 program. They've all advanced into the college level now. They're all having really good success at the NCAA level, playing against higher competition, not to mention what they've had previously, you know, Luke Hughes in the back end, so on and so forth. So they're going to be a really, really difficult team to beat. The Swedes are loaded, and I mean loaded with uh, National Hockey League drafted prospects, maybe a little bit weaker in the back end in goal. Um, but but I love their their forward group. It's deep and it's it's talented. The Finns are always going to give you the same effort you get all the time. Um, I think a team that might surprise some people here, and it, you know it's going to hurt them with without Slavkovsky there. But Slovakia, you know, is a program that's uh, sort of changed its thinking in the way they go about the game. Typically, they were a country that played not to lose, and now they've changed that mentality around. Craig Ramsey, a big part of that, uh, you know, coaching. The national team over there and says we want to be a country that attacks and plays to win not sit back and be a team that that tries uh, you know that, that sits there and tries not to get beat uh for example by playing a different style so they'll be a they'll be a really good team um i, I think the tournament is going to be highly highly competitive yeah as there's some weaker you know groups even latvia with its returning players yeah you look at austria typically not a powerhouse but essentially they're in place of the Russians. You look at the Germans, they'll be okay, but probably not there in the end. So I, I'm looking at the, the, the usual suspects. And without um, Russia being there, it might open the door for Slovakia, Czechia, kind of get back into that, uh, you know, into that top three and, and, and metal contention. I got to ask you, how, what do you know, being a Southern Ontario guy like Mason McTavish, who won the league with Hamilton last year, uh, why he why Anaheim didn't send him like they just felt he's been there done that I mean he had a chance to set some records here uh, how do you feel about him not yeah, returning so, to the I mean tournament? Anaheim has one win in, in what 30 one regulation win in 30 games I mean is that is is that helping a player you know maintaining a role in that situation I watched the Ducks the other night and with where they are he sort of has to play in their top six right now so even though they're losing and losing at a high pace, they're probably looking at, at the development. And it's that fine line, Roddy. Do you want to be on a team that continuously loses? Is that good for your development? Does it push you in terms of your adversity? The player personality definitely comes into it. 
Or do you give him an opportunity to go back and do things that he's he's already done and been pretty good at? So I, I suppose that's what Pat Verbeek and the, and the Anaheim people were, were thinking about. But at the end of the day, they probably looked and said, we don't really have a guy to replace him on our National Hockey League roster. So he's going to stay with us. I wouldn't be averse based on one regulation win this season. If they sent him back and gave him a, another type of winning experience, that, like I... I wouldn't be overly surprised by that. I think we're at that point of no return right now, but uh, I guess until that roster set uh, on the 25th at midnight, uh, I guess that possibility always exists. And it's just funny you mentioned that age group of this World Juniors and that under-18 tournament. Cole Sillinger, I just saw him come through here with Columbus the other night, dude. He had 11, 11 minutes, 10 seconds of ice time. He's one of their top guys, and he never got to play for Canada at the World Juniors like his dad. And at the under-18s, he got COVID or he was in COVID protocol. Listen, yeah, Cole will be fine, but it's too bad we never really got to see him in Hockey Canada's jersey. And I bring that up because I watched that uh, Instagram live he did with him. What a great player and what a great kid. Hey, let me ask you this, Roddy. If, if you're Cole Sillinger and, the, and Yarmo Kekalainen goes to him and says, hey, would you go play on the World Juniors? Like, what type of dilemma would you be in as Cole Sillinger? You're an established NHLer with, what, 74 or five games last year, surprising everyone to make it as an 18-year-old and playing pretty well, at times playing you know, a first or second line center role. Uh, or do you say to yourself, if I leave here, even though Columbus isn't going really good right now, am I, am I forfeiting my spot? Am I going to be able to come back? Or simply is it a financial thing? Like I'm an NHL guy making NHL money. I don't need to go back and play at the World Juniors and try and win a gold medal. I'd be fascinated to hear your thoughts on what you would say if that situation were presented to Cole via, via Yarmo Kekalainen and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Number one, I think he'd go in a second. He's like, where's my ticket? His biggest dilemma would be, who do I play for? He was born in Columbus. He's got dual citizenship. So he could play for two countries. That would be, he would want to go. There's no two ways about it. Of course, he would want to represent his nation. But the question would be, which one? Well, I mean, I would think Canada because he got down the road and, and maybe because he hasn't I'm played just saying he double could. IHF St. games. Yeah. He might yeah, still yeah, yeah. be eligible to play in the States. I don't think he's played in double IHF sanctioned games because if you do that, once you do that, you've committed to that country for the rest of your double IHF life, so to speak. Yeah, so that's, I would say he'd want to go. The question would be for whom? And Canada would be his first pickup. I'm saying he could play for the Americans. A very special kid with a very special resume. Sammy, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the time. Merry Christmas, Roddy. Great to see you. Happy birthday, buddy. We'll be right back. It's the RP Show, Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, all right. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. Episode 904 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. I'm looking down at the NFL standings right now because the Thursday night game, week 15 kicking off tonight, San Francisco is at Seattle, the 9-4 and 49ers and the 7-6 and six Seahawks. Let's bring in Canada's foremost NFL insider, Jim Lang, to start there. Jimbo, good to see you, buddy. Nice haircut. Uh, hey, the 49ers have, have made Moose's top five NFL teams at 9-4 and four with what I think is their third-string quarterback. What a story the 49ers are, huh? The, the 49ers may be the story of the NFL. If it's that's number one, I think the Lions and what Dan Campbell's doing is number 1A. But Kyle Shanahan, his commitment to his uh, coaching style, this way of football, the season Nick Bose is having a defense is a potential defensive player of the year caliber. Um, but what they've done in San Francisco, going through all the quarterbacks, and they just keep playing their style of football despite injuries, despite hips, and they keep pounding people physically and winning. And what Kyle Shanahan's doing on both sides of the football is proof that physical football can win. And you can win if a quarterback can manage the game. So uh, I, it's a dangerous fall. I mean, if, if you're the Seattle Seahawks tonight, and I mean, you're looking at this, your, your season's on the line because they're seven and six. The Lions are hot. They're five and one. The Giants and the Commanders are right there as well. So the battle for the final wild card in the NFC is, is a really tight one for the Seahawks. So they're much on the line, but they have to find a way to stop Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has been a game changer, game wrecker the last six weeks of the season. And the 49ers defense works off of him. And no matter who's at quarterback or who's healthy enough for the 49ers offensively, Kyle Shanahan has found a way to, to coach them up and make them effective and get the kind of points and yards they need to stay in games and win games. Well, and coming off week 14, the 49ers smashed Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And maybe this would be the nice segue into that with Tom. The headlines down here are better to retire one year too early than one year too late. Is this it for Tom, you think? With Or or are we completely off base and they could win the division and go on to win a Super Bowl? I, I mean, they, they could win the division. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not leaving the NFC. There's, there's no way they could handle a team like the Eagles on the road in Philadelphia. Not the way the Eagles are playing and the way Nick Sirianni has them coached. But for Tom Brady, I mean, some of the rumors I've heard is, will he end up in Las Vegas? Will he end up in San Francisco, where he grew up in the Bay Area, 49ers fan? I'm not sure if, if you're the 49ers and you're John Lynch and you're Kyle Shanahan, why would you want him there? Well, I don't see the upside to that. Uh, he's a diminishing asset, unfortunately. He's a legend, but he's 45. He's not getting younger. He's missing throws this year he used to not miss. He's just that little bit slower, so he has trouble avoiding contact, avoiding the rush. And he comes with a lot of baggage about how, how he wants the team run, how he wants the offense run. So the, I, I, he has limited options in the offseason because a lot of teams, you look at it down the, down the line, like they're set a quarterback, they're set a quarterback, or they have their future quarterback in waiting, and they want to give them a chance. So, I, I mean, he might do it. It's just because it's almost like a drug to him, Rod. He can't give it up. But, I mean, I go back that after he won that Super Bowl in Tampa, if he would have just walked away, rode off into the sunset like John Elway did when he won his last Super Bowl in Denver, his – I mean, his legacy is completely different. I mean, fair or not, a lot of football fans, a lot of sports fans look at Tom Brady the way he's playing this year as isn't that kind of sad that, you know, he, he's just not Tom Brady anymore. And he's not. He really isn't. And it's a combination of Tom, the team, and the way teams are defending him. What you get, I mean, what San Francisco did to Brady and the Buccaneers, I mean, it was borderline assault. They beat them up last week. <laughs> yes, but don't forget two Mondays ago, and I know it was the Saints, but he led him on two touchdown drives in the last two minutes to win the game. Vintage Tom. So, yeah, let's just enjoy it because it is the end. I'm with you, and I think that yeah. we won't remember this. We'll remember the seven Super Bowls. But, hey, the story of week 14 was Baker Mayfield. Come on. It's a record, they say. Two days in town signing with a team and leading them to a victory, man. Uh, a, a fluke I or sign of more things to come well i mean i've i've always thought he had some talent and some skill 
And sometimes quarterbacks get in a bad situation and whether things are not working well within your teammates in the locker room, you're not meshing with the coaching staff. And all of a sudden you go from the hotshot prospect to everyone wants to get rid of you. And so the way he led the Rams in that victory and the, the game winning throw was a big league throw. I mean, over the shoulder, right in the bread basket, perfect throw for a guy there 48 hours, basically being forced to make it up as they went. They actually had to admit in the, in the earpiece, his play calls were like, Hey, not numbered in names like you usually get. They had to tell him, look for the receiver running a post route, like almost like schoolyard football. And he's able to pull it off. Uh, Baker Mayfield is still an NFL caliber quarterback, a capable quarterback. And maybe just maybe that with the Rams and with Sean McVay and with the talent there, he can sort of um, have a rebirth in his career and revitalize himself as a player because, I mean, the Rams are a bit of a crossroad here because maybe Matt Stafford physically and mentally Maybe he's done. We have to worry about his health and his future with that concussion and everything. So, and his injuries. And so I I think as far as an addition for Baker Mayfield, how he plays down the stretch, someone's going to look at him that he's still a fairly young athlete and he doesn't have a ton of mileage on him. And there are a lot of teams that say, I could do a lot worse a quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So this could be big for him for the last month of the season. Isn't it amazing, Jim, how every week there's just some, tantalizing matchups it feels it feels like everyone is this week and i'm sitting here in miami the dolphins are at the bills i'm actually tired of the hype it's thursday can you imagine can you imagine the talk here all day every day every media outlet dolphins at the bills the dolphins have lost two in a row they think this is their season saturday night and the stat is that tua has never won a game that's below zero celsius so they're kind of going up there thinking they've lost um what a, now two was trying to tell reporters that way it is well i mean yeah. it's funny i just want to say two was trying to tell reporters hey i've played in snow before because there is snow in parts of alabama but i'm not sure how many people are buying it because we're getting a major storm here in southern ontario western new york and winter in the buffalo area in western new york is unlike anything he's probably ever experienced before in an outdoor stadium now the only saving grace for Tua and the dolphins is most of the storm will be done by friday so by saturday night it's, it'll just be cold it's just going to be a cold weather game you won't have to deal with the elements like sleet and rain and freezing rain and snow so the ball should be dry it's just as long as he's got proper cold weather gear that shouldn't be an excuse. And what helps too is the fact that Von Miller's done for the year for the Bills. And that's one less thing for Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins offense to worry about is not worrying about Von Miller, but it's still a really good Bills team. Home field is a big thing in Buffalo and Western New York. The fans are crazy. They know what's on the line in Buffalo, the potential they have the number one seed in the AFC. So it's an important game for both teams because I don't think the Bills want to have to go to Kansas City potentially for the AFC Championship game. They want the road to the Super Bowl to go through Buffalo in January. Uh, do you think the Bills are looking at this as much as the Dolphins are? Bills are favored by seven, by the way, at Bet Regal, and they were made to look like a high school team here in September. I was at the game. The Bills were. That was where all of Tua's concussion yeah. problems started, yeah. if he has any. Uh, do you think that's in the back of their mind, Buffalo, taking the field for this one? I think what the back of their mind is they they just want to win out, Rod. They just I think they're so focused on winning out and getting that home field, unlocking up home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. I'm not sure if they're they, they the hype is affecting them as much as Tua and Miami because I, I get it. Look, Miami had so many good things going on right now. Can they win in Buffalo? I mean, that's a big hurdle. That's been a hurdle for a lot of Miami teams for years, winning in cold weather late in the season in Buffalo against the Bills. So if Tua and the Dolphins can pull it off, that's a huge win, uh, not just in the standings, but a moral victory and a mental victory for the Dolphins and really kind of lifts a lot of weight off their shoulders going into potentially the postseason. But the Bills are, I'm not sure they're going to show anyone any mercy. And I don't think they're, I mean, I mean, the way their coaching staff is, the way they're built, the way Jared out. You know, uh, Jared Allen's playing is Josh Allen. All they really care about is is the next game and scoring as many points as possible, winning the game and locking up that home field. I mean, the, this is a great Bills team. This is this is finally one of those Bills teams you, you realize and people try not to get too excited. Like, hey, they could do this. They could go all the way because of the quarterback, because of the coaching staff, because of the depth. They could do it. And 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 why not have fate in your hand? 
beat everyone in your path from here to the end of the season and make sure the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo. Because if you think it's bad now, in mid to late January, in that outdoor stadium with no roof and no, I mean, it's an old stadium too. It was built in the early 70s. It's a bit of a dungeon compared to modern NFL stadiums. It would not be a fun place to play for anyone going into the Buffalo in mid late January. We got about four to five minutes left. I'm going to try and fire as many at you as I can. For the benefit of our Atlanta listeners, how about the Falcons? They're at the Saints. There's another classic, a big divisional game there. How do you feel about Marcus Mariota? If what I read is correct, basically walking off the field when told that he wasn't starting last week. That's not professional. I mean, that's that's not how a professional athlete behaves himself. Unfortunately, in the NFL and other pro sports, sometimes the coaches make decisions. You may not agree with it, but to do that, what kind of signals that send to the rest of the Atlanta Falcons? What kind of signals does it send to the coaching staff? I mean, that's hey, it, everything doesn't go your way always in life. Sometimes you don't always start. Sometimes you always don't get the promotion. Do you just turn and walk away? I don't like stories like that. I don't hear like that. It's okay for him to be upset. I expect him to be upset about that, but handle it like a professional because if you handle it the right way, that gets noticed in the locker room and the coaching staff. If you handle it like the other way, that gets noticed as well. So it's up to you. How do you want to be noticed and how do you want to be viewed by your teammates, by your coaches, and around the NFL, around the league? It's a small league. So stories like that go around to all the executive offices around the National Football League, Rod. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, their general manager, Steve Kime, was it last night or this morning yeah. announced he's taking a leave of absence? They're four and nine. First thing I thought of was stress. What do we know about Steve well, Kime uh, stepping back? I don't know the, uh, the exact details of his physical ailment, but I can't even imagine how stressed he is. And maybe stress is a factor, Rod, but you know, Kyler Murray, three plays, a non-contact injury, wrecks his knee. Um, they spent all that money on the coaching staff and the quarterback, and it's been one disaster after another for the Cardinals. This has been such a bad season in so many ways. And now, I mean, that's now, like, as soon as he gets healthy, fair or not, he's going to have to sit down with his front office, his scouts, his player personnel, people, his coaching staff, and go, what do we do in the offseason? Because they're going to have to figure out who stays, who goes, free agents, drafts. There's a lot of decisions to be, hard decisions to be made in Arizona. I mean, especially because of the division, especially because of the way I think the Seahawks have been, and Gina Smith have been surprisingly good, but the way the 49ers have been playing this year have been phenomenal. And that's the, the measuring stick for his division. In the NFC West, if you're in Arizona, can you compete with San Francisco for the division? And that's, that's I mean... I feel bad for Kime, and I feel bad for any time you hear a story that they have to step away for health reasons because your health, as you know, Rod, has to be your number one concern. But, yeah, I mean, this is where you, you realize the stress that the coaches and GMs put themselves under, and they internalize a lot of that. And sometimes it gets them physically, and I'm not surprised. I'm actually surprised it doesn't happen more often because a lot of these GMs <laughs> and executives and a, and a lot of these coaches, people don't realize in all sports, they're sleeping four or five hours a night they're not eating well, and the stress is constant. It's There's almost no time in the week that they're not stressing about the game that just happened, the game that's coming up next week, the season, the offseason. It's 24-7. Seen it. I'm totally – you didn't even need to explain it. I'm surprised it doesn't happen yeah. more. And in, uh, in a I minute really or less, am. John at Edmonton John and Edmonton wants to know why you think more young Canadians watch the NFL over the CFL. Well, I think it's the TV presentation and the choices. I mean, you have the ability through streaming, through all the, the networks, through the star power. The NFL has done a fantastic job of making players stars. Patrick Mahomes is a household name. My wife knows who Patrick Mahomes is and doesn't really watch football. I mean, that's that's one of the differences. And that's something that all sports league, and it's not the CFL, but the, the NHL really needs to do a better job no matter what. Uh, the NHL does going forward, they've got to find a way to do what the NBA and the NFL does because they're both great leagues at turning their star players into household names that people recognize who don't even really watch their team or watch the sport. And and then you build up to the Super Bowl, and now we have a Super Bowl coming up in the Valley of the Sun. Rihanna's playing halftime. There's going to be all the commercials, and it becomes an event. And that's that's a big part of it is the, you know, now you have Thursday night football. That's an event. 
The late game, Sunday night, that's an event. The Monday night game. So they have three event games every week now in the National Football League and all the drama that goes around it. And then you have, well, now it's a 12-month-a-year it's news cycle with the league as well, and that's a big part of it too. Absolutely. Jim, we got a lot out of you. I appreciate you, man. Merry Christmas. Thanks for this. All the best. Let's do it again in the new year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my man, Rod. Rod, you're the best. Have a great birthday. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. Thank you. You'll catch up to me one of these days. All right. Thanks. Yes, I will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the great Jim Lang. We'll be right back. I want to take a swing at that question from John in Edmonton, too. Uh, sports update, viewer takeover. And the Moose will rejoin us, too. If he's uh, ready to come in, we'll bring him now. It's the RP Show. We'll go over the poll results. Game Plus, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. We've had some great stuff today, and before we bring the Moose back in, we've done, you know, a lot of interviews today. Awesome job by Clark for lining up our good friends. We've covered a lot of ground. For the rest of the way, we'll bring in the viewers with their comments because they've got had many, and they've been very patient waiting to get their comments out. But a uh, sports update, Capital star Alex Ovechkin looks to tie or surpass the legendary Gordie Howe for second on the NHL career goals list when Washington hosts Dallas tonight. Ovi enters the game with 800 career goals, one behind Howe. Mitch Marner and the surging Maple Leafs head to Madison Square Garden for an original six matchup with the New York Rangers tonight. Leafs 12-0-3 over the last 15. And uh, from the majors, the Toronto Blue Jays have agreed to terms with outfielder Kevin Kermeyer on a one-year, $9 million contract. The addition gives the Blue Jays a needed left-handed bat and some outfield depth after the departure of Teoscar Hernandez via trade. The 32-year-old Kermeyer played 63 games for Tampa last year, hit 228, seven homers. This sports update for Telemiracle 47 and the online 50-50 raffle. We are into the final hours, everybody. Around 24 hours are left to purchase your tickets. And we're just this far away, this far from hitting our goal. If you haven't got yours yet, please do it now. Telemiracle5050.com. You have to be 19 years of age or over and in the province of Saskatchewan to do it. They've partnered with us to help promote their event. Can you please help them out if you enjoy what we do here every day? That would be great. Thank you. All right, let's bring the moose in. Hey, moose, uh, wonderful chat there. Um, Allie in Texas writes in and she says, or texts Harkana regarding Steve Kime leaving the Cardinals because of personal leave. Allie says he's the general manager. She says people don't, people forget or don't care. Professional athletes are real people. And to be honest, I really think that horse is out of the barn. That boat has left the harbor. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever know. And, and no. or do they care? She might have it right that these are real people. I don't think they care. No, they don't. I mean, you talked about the fans who showed up just to boo Vince Young at a Riders green and white game. We were talking about that <laughs> this week. You know, he's not a real person to them. He's the guy who was bad for the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't play well, didn't win them enough football games. So when we look at it and we see them, we're betting and so they're just, they're just commodities. They're not real people when they're on the ice, when they're on the field, when they're on the court. Um, we, don't, we don't look at them that way, and I don't know that we ever will. When they're off the ice, when they're off the football field, off the, the basketball court, then I think we can see them as real people in the streets, but for the most part, no, fans don't. I'll get to these comments uh, in a moment from everybody. And, um, but you know, I got thinking about it this morning when I was at the gym at Orange Theory about Steve Keim. Immediately I thought, What's his ailment? And I thought, none of my business. And then, you know, when Tom Brady was going through his stuff in training camp, all those murmurs, remember, people said, oh, it's because he's on The Voice. Oh, it's because of this. It's okay. No, it, he's going to be divorced in a month. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm thinking, it's nobody's business. And people go, well, public people. No, it's everybody's business. And I'm like, where does it say that in Tom's contract? 
Where does it say that in Steve Kimes' contract? Because you're the general manager of an NFL team. Everybody needs to know your business. It's not part of the deal, or it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, and that's why I spend, when I'm done here, I'll spend the rest of my day dealing with recovery with people in sports, dealing with things like this. Because people just literally don't understand. And I think the laundry list of things that I've been through in my life, as much as it sucked at times, has given me the experience to help people going through those same things. And that's what I love about that. Um, Craig Campbell writes in, Happy birthday, Rod, from your friends at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. The birthday is tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure what Clark is telling everybody. I am assuming it's Clark. Thank you, Clark, you sneaky little devil. Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes in, and she says, Afternoon, peeps. Happy birthday, Roddy. Uh, From Nicholas, he says, Rod, it's my birthday. We are both amazing, but still not as talented as Connor Bedard. Um, I need to pump the brakes. I want your take on the question earlier from John in Edmonton. Why more? If it's true, he says more young people in Canada watch the NFL than the CFL. Jim did his best answer with what he thought. How would you answer that? It's what they know. It's more accessible. Um, It's easier to consume. Um, when I grew up, the NFL wasn't easy to consume. Look, I'm in my mid thirties. The NFL was not easy to consume. I didn't have it available in the newspaper. I didn't have it available in my phone. I didn't have a phone. It wasn't on my television. I didn't have a computer. The NFL was nowhere, but the CFL was CFL was in the newspaper. CFL was on the radio. CFL was on TV. It was everywhere. It was easy to consume. And I think now it's the, it's the opposite. CFL is hard to consume. We don't know all the players. We don't have, I mean, we're starting to see, actually, my social media is being populated with CFL um, cards, player, like trading cards that have popped up from the last year. So that's cool. But that doesn't really exist. There was no, like, there's no CFL trading cards, video game, um, social media, television contracts, all these things. The NFL is so much more dominant and feels more local and more accessible than ever before. That's why the kids grow up with it. They have more of an attachment to it. Bingo. Right there. They're everywhere. Uh, And Jim mentioned the 12-month cycle of the news. It's not that hard to do. I mean, we sit here, and I told you before the show, we will talk CFL every day. Even if it's only for a minute, we'll talk about it every day. But how many others are doing that? Uh, Not too many. And that's why I don't really like to talk about it, because people think we're banging on the CFL, and we're not. But it doesn't take – it takes some work and some elbow grease to do all these things. And now the NFL is so far down that road with all the money that they're not going to be caught. Not going to be caught. I do hear from uh, Americans that the NHL doesn't market their stars enough and the NHL needs to do this. I don't know. I'm finding it just fine. They have a 24 hour television network, they have a 24 hour satellite radio network. I follow all their feeds. I have, I'm just fine with my NHL coverage. I'm good. I'm going to a game tonight. Um, but again, it's what I started to say yesterday and cut myself off. I'm like Ryder fans when it comes to the NHL. No matter what they do, the roof could fall in figuratively, and they don't care. They'll support it no matter what, and that's me with the NHL. I was yeah. really worried when COVID happened that they weren't going to play. Well, they found a way to play. It was in a bubble, and I watched it from 11 in the morning till midnight all day in August, and I loved it. The NHL can do no wrong with me, and for a lot of people, the CFL can do no wrong for them but the pie and the incre- the revenues are decreasing, and that's the scary part. And they say we're understaffed and we're this. And then that's all true, too. That is all true. But with the schedule coming out yesterday, this is a wonderful example, and I'll put it in my column on the weekend. Schedule comes out. Surprise! Here's our schedule. Nobody really knew what was coming out. I would have liked to have seen a party in CFL markets, a schedule release party, schedule release special on TSN or digital channels. It was just surprise. And um, those are the kinds of things that I would like to see, but I think I'm in the minority. We'll be back with overtime with whatever everybody else wants to talk about. So stick around. We'll open up the text line, 902 line. Get your messages in now for Moose and I. One final segment ahead. It's the RP show, normally on Game Plus TV. Not today. YouTube Live and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? 
Head to YouTube.com slash The Ron Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Fastest uh, two hours in sports is coming to a close right here. This is the overtime for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League. Quick update, Moose, of the poll question for Capital Autoball, Universal Collision Center. Whose reverse retro jersey is better, the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Ottawa Senators? 61% of respondents saying it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, that blue and white beauty. Uh, I want to say 1930s, 40s vintage. Uh, Moose is thinking of the 90s. He said he thinks of Matt. Sundin, when uh, he looks at that, I think of Sill Apps, but the Leafs are leading, and I think they'll go on to win. Uh, Monty in Saskatoon's watching. He says, great show, Rod and Moose. Thank you, Monty. We did cover it all. <laughs> NFL, we did talk WHL, NHL, World Juniors, Vancouver Canucks, BC Lions. We've had it all, and that's what we do here. People are coming around realizing it's the Rod Peterson show. It's a talk show. It's pardon the interruption with a lot of Canadian topics, and I think they're getting it, Darren. I appreciate that. I want to, I again, pick your brain on this regarding the NHL and the USA. Randy in Winnipeg says, Connor McDavid and Ovi's gold chase should be bigger sports news in the USA. The NHL needs to be better at that. There's not much they can do. I said it earlier. They have their own 24-hour TV channel, their own 24-hour radio channel. You can't make the media talk about you if they'd rather talk about something else. That's what certain other leagues are battling in Canada. How could the NHL control what's talked about with them? They can't. It's very tough outside of generating hype, right? If you have hype, and people are talking about you on social and talking about you on the street and going to your games and doing all that, the media is naturally going to follow. The media looks at what's making waves and what are people focusing on, and they cover that, right? What's of interest to the people? And so if the buildings are always full and there's things happening and people are talking about it, the media is going to say, I wonder what's going on in Philadelphia, that everybody's talking about it, they'll be there to cover it. So it just continues to grow the product, get it in front of people, talk about it. But you're right. They can't control, you know, if people care across the USA about Ovechkin's chase for 800. In Canada, pretty big deal. Um, but in the U.S., it's growing. Well, I, I think uh, <laughs> folks get out and get around, have a look around. I've, I had to learn, like... Growing up in Saskatchewan, I never really left <laughs> until the mid-90s, until I was well into my 20s. And I remember Rich Preston was the head coach of the Pats, the Regina Pats. You remember, you've heard me talk about Rico. And he had played with the Chicago Blackhawks for eight years, New Jersey for a few, won an Avco Cup with the Winnipeg Jets. And we would sit on the bus for hours and hours and hours and just talk. That's why we, you know, we got to be so close. And I said, oh, they must really love the Blackhawks in Chicago. And he's like, eh, the 16,000 you see at Chicago Stadium packing that place every game is the 16,000 that care about the Blackhawks. Other than that, you don't see any Blackhawks around Chicago. I'm like, what? They're an original six team. And he's like, wait, you you arguing with me? You've never even been there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. now, you know what I mean? But look at Jordan Eberle, a quarter million Twitter followers. Montreal Canadiens, Leafs, into the millions of Twitter followers. It's, they're, they're a big deal. They are a big deal. But here in South Florida, which is no different. Like, they've told me, somebody once said to me, Washington is the biggest, they love the NFL more in Washington than any other market in the NFL. I'm like, how could you say that? I've been to most of them. They're all like that. I'm telling you, now I've been here into year two. The Dolphins, Darren, have been bad forever. Forever. <laughs> Pretty much for as long as I've been alive. Now they got a chance to win the division, and it is all you hear, all you see. You see the odd Florida Panthers billboard, but, you know, hey, listen, I was going to say what a great day we had yesterday. We went up to West Palm Beach and scouted out the Hilton there for doing the show next week from the Boca Raton Bowl, and I grabbed a paper on my way out of the lobby. I said to Serena, I love newspapers. I'd like to see what's in the newspaper. 
Nothing on the Florida Panthers. I'm ripping through it in the car on the way home. Nothing on the Florida Panthers. Headline, Mike McDaniel says Panther, uh, Dolphins need to play better. Top item, Miami Dolphins. I, it depends where you are, and I just wonder if the NHL will ever get a foothold in some of these markets. In a way they, now, having said all that, did you see the story that the NHL salary cap's going up by a million next year? Gary Bettman yeah. said they made $500 million more last year than they thought they would. Wouldn't every league love to be able to say that? The <laughs> NFL's made $10 billion more than they thought they would, but at least the NHL's made more. And, uh, you look at the other leagues, the, the CFL has dropped. And people wonder why we talk about it so much, but at one time they had a bigger profile in Canada than the NFL, and it, it um, rivaled the NHL. Now it's down with junior hockey and NLL. It just is. Look at the numbers. Look at the ratings. That's a fact. So I don't even know if I have a point. Take it away. No, but <laughs> NFL is more of a religion. Hockey, I feel, in the U.S. is like lacrosse is up in Canada, or at least in you know, our backyard with the rush. Um, people pack that place. They love going to the games. The atmosphere is great, but it's not a religion. They're not wearing the jersey. I mean, they, they wear their stuff around town a little bit in that town, but it's not the same, right? You're not sitting there talking about it all week, consuming all the content. It's not a religion. In, in football, in NFL, it's a religion. All week long, you talk about it, you wear your gear, you're always talking about what's coming up on Sunday. That's the difference. More than, more than anything, you just need to be out in front of people's faces. Yeah. That's all. You know, and, and we do that the best that we can. We say the NFL is a 12-month league. CFL, if it had its way, has said they would like to hide for six months or go dormant for six months. That's what I was told. Anyways, thank you, Ryan O'Radio. Another great show. Grace, the RP show. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate you so much. All the viewers, too. Sammy Constantino, Matt Sekeros, uh, Jim Lang, Moose. We'll see you tomorrow where it will be all football tomorrow. That should be interesting. I see Elaine Poupart from the Dolphins Sports Illustrated writer will be with us. going to be a big fun. See you tomorrow, everybody. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.